0: amen you may be seated in the presence of god we certainly thank god for being here this morning thank you for the uh, opportunity to come before you and deliver the word of god truly this is the day that the lord has made we shall rejoice and be glad in it i'm excited to be partners with the anchor church I thank you for opening up your doors to us and what God is doing. Amen. It's one thing uh, for Pastor Brian to knock on the door and then it was another thing for me to open the door. <laughs> on that door, I have a peephole. <laughs> and when he knocked, I looked. And sometimes, we, I think we all had this experience. We had, we had Jehovah Witnesses. Come and knock on the door, and you get real quiet. Tell your children to shh. And you don't want to open the door. But I'm so glad that I opened the door, and I'm so glad that Jesus Christ knocked on my door one day. He opened up my fence, came through my old dirty, nasty yard, walked up my old stairs, opened my old squeaky screen, and knocked on the door so the challenge to you today is don't let nothing stop you from knocking on somebody's door I don't care what they look like I don't care what they smell like I don't care how much they have I, I don't care how much they do not have somebody needs you to knock on their door amen if this was the two thirty service I tell you to turn to your neighbor look at your neighbor and tell him say knock on that door In the book of Revelations, the seventh chapter and the ninth verse, for those of you that have your Bibles or even cell phones, Revelations, the seventh chapter and the ninth verse. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. There has to be room for me. Can you repeat that after me? Say, there has to be room for me. (laughs) This is John the Revelator. He says, after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude. Now if you read this particular chapter, you'll find out that in the fourth verse of this text, he heard the sound of 144,000 people from the tribe of Israel, which, if that was it, we would be excluded. But in the ninth verse of our text, he sees, he beholds a number, a great multitude that cannot be counted. Can you encourage your neighbor next to you and say there's room for you and me? It's just not 144. That's the fourth verse. But the ninth verse includes us. That there was a number of people that could not be counted. You know, we sing, we sing a song and we said that there's room at the cross for you. How many of you know that that song? There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. There is room at the cross. Aren't you excited today that there's still room at the cross? And that's the message that we got to take to the houses. That's the the message that we got to take to our community, that there is still room. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care what your problems are. I don't care what your financial uh, stability is. There is still room at the cross. If there's room for me, there's room for you. Come on, there is room at the cross. Watch this. So after this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. John 14 and 2 says that in my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So this gives us comfort in knowing that we have room. From every nation, tribe, people, language, Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing right robes. Brother Kirk, they were wearing right robes. That's my new friend. They were wearing right robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Repeat after me and say, What's the big idea? Come on, help me preach here this morning and say, What's the big idea? Oh, y'all making me feel like I'm right at home. Shout to somebody and say, what's the big idea? The bigger your vision of God's people is, the bigger your worship of God becomes. The bigger your vision of God's people is, the bigger your worship of God becomes. To have a vision Of God's people is to have a perception of who someone is like I'm pretty sure some of you were looking at me wondering what am I doing here some of you may be wondering is he going to actually preach this morning is he gonna holler and scream Is he going to shout? Is he going to dance? Those are all perspectives. And if we be honest here this morning, every time we look at somebody or a stranger, can I just, just preach in here? Every time we look at someone who we do not know, we gather our own perspective. And most of the time, our perspectives initially are biased predicated upon the appearance of an individual. Does he have a white collar and a tie with a nice shirt, nice shoes? Is he getting out of a nice car? Are they walking into a nice home? Do they have a haircut? Are they well-groomed? Just because you wear a suit, watch this, doesn't mean you're saved. I got one clap there. That's my new friend. That's my other new friend. Just because you wear a clergy collar doesn't mean you're saved. Just because you have a title and a prominent position in the church. Just because you have a nice car, lots of money, a beautiful home, well-paying job. Sing in the choir, preach in the pulpit, serve in the community, feed the homeless, close those that are naked, serve in your communities. These things do not seal or secure our salvation or your place in the kingdom. God seals us and secures our room in the kingdom when we confess our sins and we believe in our heart that God has risen Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9, thou shall be saved. See, it's not by works in which we're saved. It's just us coming to the mentality that our God is is a savior and he died for all of our sin. That's the reason why I worship him. That's the reason why I praise him. That's the reason why I magnify him because I serve a God who I really don't deserve. I serve a God who who, who should have looked over me but he didn't. And when he's seen us polluted in our own blood, he picked us up, washed us, and said live. Aren't you glad that God said live today? Or aren't you glad that God said live today? So, the bigger your vision of God's people is, the bigger your worship of God becomes. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you are valuable? Come on, look at somebody else. You must have got the wrong person. Look at somebody else on the other side and, and say, You are valuable. You are valuable. Let me show you how valuable you are. You remember Moses? He goes up into Mount Sinai, gets the Ten Commandments from the Lord, comes down. People are corrupting themselves. When he sees their corruption, he gets frustrated. He gets angry. Throws down the Ten Commandments. And God gets upset with him. Why? Because that was the word that God has given his servant Moses to give to his people. So it's not the preacher that's really important. It's not Pastor Pete, the psalmist, that's really important. Excuse me, Pastor Pete. (laughs) But it's you, God's people. Moses wasn't able to enter into the kingdom He had to look at it. And he's now in the bosom of Abraham. Just because he destroyed what God was trying to give to his people, you are valuable. Jesus said the chief among you must be the servant. Jesus himself came to serve. Who did he come to serve? He came to serve us. He came to reach us. He went into the highways and hedges. They called him a wine bibber and a friend of sinners because he wasn't scared to knock on anybody's door. Come on. He wasn't wasn't scared to to walk up to anybody's grave. Come on. He wasn't wasn't, uh, scared of anybody who was crazy. And they had some lunatics back there in the Bible. They got some lunatics. (sighs) But he wasn't scared. He wasn't scared of the homeless. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. If we could take the limits off God, if we would dare to do something different, If we would be willing to lose ourselves in his presence. If we would be willing to take the restrictions off of our worship, the restrictions off of our praise and allow the power of the Holy Ghost to come in. If we would would do just like that song said, let the spirit of the Lord fall. But see, sometimes we, we, we're, we're trying to lift our hands, but we got the lid on. Sometimes we're really trying to open up, but, but there's something holding us back from this really magnifying God. I almost came from this side of the church all the way over to this side of the church because this man was praising the Lord. He wasn't worried about nobody. He had his hands up. He was magnifying God, but sometimes we let so many things in our life distract us from a truly experience a real move of God. So God inhabits the praises of his people from every nation, according to our text, From every tribe according to our text, from every people according to our text, and from every language. From every nation, from every tribe, from every people, and from every language. From every nation, from every tribe, from every people, and from every language. From every nation, from every tribe, from every people, and from every language. From every nation, from every tribe, from every people, and from every language. God desires to hear us corporately praise God, corporately magnify God. I say it to my church all the time. See, when we come together corporately, you don't have to worry about hitting the right note, hitting the right key. Some of y'all, you know, some, everybody cannot sing. All right, let me me say it like this. Everybody black can't sing. Everybody black can't preach. That's my other friend. Come on. Watch this. But when we corporately, that's what I love about corporate worship. My off just seems to get right. When we all get together. And see, the, what I love about God, is, see, when we all get together, I'm talking about all people. We may, not, we may not ever get together down here. I'm talking about from every nation, from every tribe, from every people, and from every language. But those who are sealed, secure, saved, sanctified, filled, living right, living holy, in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye, when the dead in Christ shall rise, them that are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. In that great getting up morning, when we see Jesus, watch this. There's not going to be a, a selection from Blessed Temple Ministry Church of God in Christ. That's not going to happen. There's not going to be a, a, a selection from Anchor Church the Presbyterian church, the non-denominational church. There's not going to be, watch this, a pastor preaching at 9 o'clock in 1030. (laughs) Pastor Brian, our message is going to be over. We're going to sit down and we're going to at the throne worship and praise him all day. Hallelujah! That's my other good friend. Hallelujah! I can't wait to get to heaven, and I'm not gonna wait till I get there. And we have a saying at our church: we say, "Don't wait till the battle is over; shout now." I'm sorry, I'm, I get happy like this at two thirty. I get happy because I'm excited about where I'm going. See, watch this. I don't want to go to hell. Because I've had experience of hell right here on earth. I want to go to that place where there ain't no more crying. There ain't no more dying. There ain't no more weeping. I ain't going to lose nobody. There ain't going to be no pandemic. Ain't going to be no disease. Because there's a tree. How many of you know about that tree? There's a tree that we can eat of. That'll bring healing to our body. There's a savior that will be there. We're gonna take off this mortar and gonna put on immortality. We're gonna take off this corruption and put on incorruption and we gonna be changed. And we ain't gonna be ashamed to say hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I thank you. He gonna wipe all the tears from our eyes. He gonna take all, away all the pain. It's gonna be a beautiful place. There's not going to be no Section 8 in heaven. Ain't going to be no ghettos in heaven. Ain't going to be no wars in heaven. Ain't going to be no racism in heaven. Ain't going to be no wickedness in heaven. You're going to have a mansion in heaven. Ain't going to be no apartments in heaven. Ain't going to be no bad neighborhoods. We're going to be in heaven and we're going to rejoice. But watch this. You don't have to wait to get to heaven. You, You don't have to wait for that trumpet to sound. Every day you live could be sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, even despite the trials, I still have joy. Even despite the tribulation and the storms, I still have joy. I still have peace. He always causes me to triumph. He keeps allowing me to go from glory to glory. So repeat after me as I close. Say, who's in the room? Come on, look at somebody else and say, who's in the room? We appreciate and value the gift of who's in the room more better sometimes than we appreciate God. Sometimes we're just uh, hoping that uh, someone would say the right thing so we can explode. Sometimes we're just hoping that someone would sing the right song so that we can praise God. But I'm reminded of a man who was lame, and he heard... A different noise, a different sound. He said, what is the meaning of all of this noise? It has shifted. He, he, they told him, they said, "Is Jesus the Christ. He's come here. And watch this, anytime the presence of God comes in the room, there ought to be praise. It's a shift from us just fellowshipping and talking and how you doing and how was your week? But when we sense the Spirit of God, something should shift. Something should shift in the atmosphere. And this man, he was lame, but he could hear. And he he said, what's the meaning of all this noise? It's, It's Jesus. And when he found out that it was Jesus, he said, Lord, have mercy upon me. And they said, shh, shh, shh. Can you repeat after me? Say, I'm not going to let nobody stop my praise. In this season, I'm not going to let nobody stop my worship. I'm not going to let nobody stop my worship. Watch this. Watch this. He said, If it's Jesus, the situation that I'm in, I need a miracle. And if you're trying to hush me up, that's because you don't understand my situation is different from yours. And see, if we could ever learn to value each other, we would understand that some people is not in the condition that I'm in. People don't live in the same houses, neighborhood that I do. Some people are outdoors with no clothes, no food. Some people don't even have a home, are out on the corner with a sign. They're just as valuable to God as we are in this church. That's why Jesus said, and I'm closing. Can we all stand? That's why Jesus said, he said, He said, you didn't feed me. You didn't clothe me. He said, they said, From whence did we not feed you? When, When have we ever seen you naked? He said, when you see those that are less fortunate, And you minister to their needs when you feed them and you clothe them. You do that as unto me. So listen, I pray that you was blessed. I pray that you was blessed today. And let's just have a moment of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your loving kindness, your tender mercy, your outstretched hand. God, we thank you for this word, God. We thank you for being able and being excited about knocking on the next door. God, we thank you, God, for whatever situation, God, even if it's a moment at a red light, God, that you give us the opportunity to effectively minister to someone who is less fortunate, to help them out, God, to plant that seed, to water that seed, that you will get the increase. We give your name all the glory. So God, let us never be ashamed of praising you, of worshiping you again. No matter what portion of the service is, no matter if it's the morning time at our job, on our break, God, or in the midnight hour, God, we will give your name the praise because you are worthy. And if you believe that prayer, just put your hands together and give God praise and tell the Lord, thank you.